a, a boring photographer makes a boring photograph. Or, or a, a, maybe not necessarily a boring photographer, but a photographer who is being boring or a photographer who is bored. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. Can you feel it? The, the air, it's palpable, filled with the anticipation of a new drop of content for our educational needs. Today on the podcast, we are speaking to Erica and Lani of Two Man Studios, who bring a unique and highly sought-after style of documentary photography to wedding celebrations all over the world. And so if you want to learn how to shoot wild and still be professional, keep listening. We're going to be transcending the ideas behind a traditional wedding photographer, as well as get more insight into Two Man U. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack and for a limited time beans.ie so greg why is your cup over there pass me your cup and let me pour you some coffee yeah we are drinking some more proud mary coffee from beans and it's their high five uh which is a honduras of video gomez and it's got notes of honey it says It's in their curious category. There's nothing more tense when you pour a very tall cup of coffee and you lift it over all the desk equipment, including laptops, mics, and the actual podcast desk. That was very nervous. Uh, We do have a sponsor. Like I said, it's beans.ie. As photographers, filmmakers, and business owners, we know the power of stories. And beans.ie do too. They started because they knew there were so many stories about the world of coffee and not just about the regions or the varieties, but about the people behind the beans, the roasters and us, the drinkers. This is the most flexible coffee subscription that we've ever used, showcasing some of the top roasters around the world who bring something different to the table. As podcast listeners, you have heard Greg and I talk about what we drink at our podcast table for years now. And you can join us. Curate your own monthly subscription from an ever-changing list of beautiful coffees. And because you are our best friends, we have a promo code for you. If you use promo code PERSPECTIVE15, you can get 15% off your first order. That is promo code PERSPECTIVE15. To get 15% off your first order for coffees with stories sent straight to your door. That is a very tasty coffee, but we are joined by today's guest, Erica and Lani. How are you guys doing? Okay, I think we're unmuted now. Hello. Yes, we're Perfect. doing great. And y- your co- description of your coffee was <laughs> making our mouth water. <laughs> we're, we're big Kids fans of, of coffee honey. over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. We are t- trust me, Lani's the biggest coffee snob on the planet. Oh, we're, really? drinking, we're drinking a single origin uh, uh, bean from Ethiopia. Ooh, with notes okay. of pineapple and blackberry. Oh, funky. Yes. Nice. I do like yeah. an Ethiopian coffee. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nice and fruity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice and bright. <laughs> yes. How, how, how did you, did you brew it on the Chemex or V60 or do you guys have a machine? Uh, Chemex, yeah. Did a slow yep. pour through the Chemex this morning. 
Yeah, I I find Ethiopian beans through a Chemex is just for me is though it's just the way to drink those kind of beans because it just pulls out the yeah. fruit. I, I yeah, that's just me though. <laughs> <laughs> just so, me. <laughs> so how have you guys been? Have you been shooting recently? Um, no, no. My our cameras are collecting dust. Like, oh, yeah. said, have, you, have you been shitting? Shitting? We've been doing lots of shitting. We've been shitting our pants. We actually have been shitting our pants. Um, metaphorically speaking, we are shitting our pants. We've been shitting our pants since last for March. a year, pretty much. Pretty much a year to the date, we've been in a state of yeah. constant shitting. But not yeah. a lot of not a lot of shooting. No, not a lot of shooting. I think we shot two weddings this year, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, our cameras are pretty much collecting dust. We've got a few personal projects going on, but yeah, no, <laughs> no shooting. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm assuming you guys are very excited for the two men you release. <sighs> well, excited's one word for sure to describe it. Um, some days I'm excited. Uh, uh, some days I'm terrified. Some days I'm just <laughs> okay. exhausted by the prospect of how much we still have to do. But no, it, yeah. there's definitely an underlying excitement, but there's also a very... Um, a very big unknown, right? As with anything creative, um, <laughs> yeah, or any pursuit, yeah. There's there's still a lot of unknown, especially and, right now. Especially right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. yeah, I feel you. It's definitely an interesting time to put out some content, and for creatives ourselves, we've not been making a lot of money, so I, I can I can understand that worry. But to be honest, the content you guys have put out already is bloody fantastic, if I do say so. Like. It's oh. so good. I thoroughly enjoy. Now, uh, Blood on the Dance Floor was that the the what? free? <laughs> that was the original name. That was the original name. Till but we then, found out. Yeah, somebody brought to our attention that apparently there's a a band out there somewhere in the world by that name. Oh really? Oh, never is heard it? of, but but they're being investigated for um, pedophilia. Pedophilia right now. So, oh. oh no! So we decided to change the name. <laughs> definitely change oh, yeah. the name. Yeah, so no. we're now just calling it um, orgasmic lighting. Orgasmic lighting. Uh, yeah. Orgasmic. Yeah. Or how lighting. to kill it on the dance floor? Sorry, I got AirPods yeah, falling on yeah. my ears here. UK listeners, I, I don't know if you're like me. You heard that blood on the dance floor. You've got that Sophie Alice Baxter song. That's murder on the dance floor. Oh, so it is. Blood on the dance floor. You, you got the man Well, Blood on the Dance Floor is is also um, a Michael Jackson song. Which isn't Wait, much better. Which isn't either. necessarily any better. So. <laughs> yeah, so, so we got Michael Jackson, and then we've got a band that's being investigated for pedophilia, and, and both are very... Yeah, yeah. So we had to change the name. We had to change the yes. name. <laughs> Fair enough. Man, what a way to start this podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, uh, there's never never a dull moment in the photography industry. Yeah, well, yes, indeed. Uh, did I see recently that you're uh, you're going to be giving away some of this educational content for a special winner at some point? Yes. Um, yeah, we've got a scholarship we've... opportunity, essentially. Yeah. Where okay. we're we're doing a a random draw on Friday, actually. Oh, and nice. yeah, and, and basically you can you can enter the draw easily just by entering, but you can also enter your name more than once um, mm. by sharing essentially sharing the uh, the contest. Mm-hmm. All right, and okay. we've also got a program laid out where if you 
if you share it enough, earn enough points, you can you can earn yourself a scholarship. Yeah, there's there's two people that have earned themselves a full scholarship. Full scholarship, so. yeah. So oh, far, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 All right. And, so I, and there's a the, couple others that are well on their way. <laughs> like they're almost there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So for the people listening live, you still have the opportunity to go and sign up and try your hands at getting a scholarship. How, how do they uh, do that though, guys? Uh, so the people that have, that have won so far, um, I asked them to share their strategy actually in, in our Facebook community because because I want more people to succeed with this. Basically, um, they just asked their community for help. One of them created a video, but it's so hard to say how, because both of the individuals that won have, have a really strong, tight knit community. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's come from a lot of the personal work that they've done, especially in the last year through the pandemic. A lot of them were doing, you know, personal projects where they were, you know, featuring the lives of, of people at the front line of the pandemic. And so by the time this contest came along, people were more than happy to help them out by signing up with their email. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially it's, it's a game of sharing the contest with others. And the more you do so kind of the more times your name gets entered into the hat. But that being said, um, when we do the random draw on Friday, we're going to share some other, other opportunities, scholarship opportunities that we have um, that we have in mind. Scholarships always been a big part of our workshops. Like uh, uh-huh. I think every single workshop we've run has always had one participant there on scholarship, and All right. and we that try to find cool. ways to get get those scholarships to the photographers who um, who need it. Yeah, you know, yeah. need it most. Yeah. yeah, and of course we realize. There's many people that need it. Of course. But it, or well, needs, needs the wrong word because it is, it isn't. The tricky part is, yeah, the tricky part is coming up with something that's, you know, a a fair opportunity for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, but it's cool that you you, you even offer that. So yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. And it's very exciting as well because, so, so how much is the uh, scholarship worth in like total value? Uh, 2,900 US dollars. Well, technically 3900 the course two man you is 3900 but but this time we're doing it for 2900 yeah. so essentially it's a full full scholarship yeah. yeah yeah oh that's awesome so if you haven't already gone over and put your name down listeners i would highly recommend you do so because yeah. that it's is so time what's the what was the line you got to be in it to win it <laughs> you got to be in to win it exactly that's you got to right, buy a ticket right. <laughs> you got to buy a lottery ticket yeah yeah you just need one yeah. and you have a chance Awome. Well, I'm just going to do a Q&A reminder just now. So for our live listeners on Clubhouse, thank you very much for joining us today. I think it's going to be a really awesome discussion. Um, There will be a Q&A session at the end of the podcast. So all you need to do is put your hand up and we'll invite you into the room uh, and you can speak directly to Erica and Lenny and ask any questions that you have about shooting or business or whatever it may be. If you're listening to this later... Or, or if you're listening to this now, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. And you can support the creation of this podcast and get yourself access to the Q&A session later on. However, let's get on moving. Mm-hmm. Well, 
like I said, guys, thank you very much for joining us. I gave a little introduction to who you guys are as creatives, but I always like to ask our guests how they define who they are and how do you define what you do? Who are you and what do you do? Holy shit. Mm. Oh my God, that is a hard question. (laughs) Um, I would say that I... I go out of my way to not define myself <laughs> and what what I do because definitions um, definitions are going to put me in a box that I, that I don't want to be in. Um, I'd rather I'd rather not have a definition. <laughs> right, Fair and enough. I'd say well, if, if I if I did have to, you know, start using words to describe who I am. <laughs> Uh, photographer or any photography related words would be way far down the list. Oh yeah. I'd be, yeah. uh, yeah. You know, yeah, so that, human that first gonna... husband, dad, brother, son, all those things long before we get to <laughs> photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say when you said you didn't want to be put in a box, I was going to ask you which box you didn't want to be put into because you kind of like, you do go against kind of the traditional mindset of what a photographer is supposed to be at a wedding, right? Um, yeah, well, I don't know what the traditional mindset is really, um, but yeah, we. De- I don't. I wouldn't say we've gone out of our way to to break the mold, but I would say our very survival in the industry, not in the industry, but as humans, is to not break the mold, but to to find creative ways that allow us to find meaning in our work, and um, and yeah. and it's very hard to find meaning in. For me, at least in, in wedding photography, um, as a genre, uh, Uh within that sort of box, but I can find meaning in humans and relationships and, um, and emotion and all all that other stuff that, that happens to humans every day of their life, including wedding days. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that we ever really consciously, set out to break the mold or go outside the box or do the unconventional at, at weddings. It's, it's more that we just end up doing things that feel right. Um, that we're drawn to do for whatever reason. And, and often that's not what is maybe a conventional traditional idea of what a wedding photographer is supposed to do. Um, Mm -hmm. and that took us, that took us a while because early on in the first you know, few seasons of our career, we were trying to be wedding photographers. Like we didn't know what to do. Um, and so we were just doing what we thought we were supposed to do based off, you know, what we were seeing other mm-hmm. photographers doing. And eventually we started to realize, um, well, a, that weddings are boring and silly. And most of the things that we were doing were silly as well. <laughs> and eventually we realized that if, if we just stop trying to be wedding photographers and doing what we think um, we're supposed to do. Then all of a sudden we started to see aspects of weddings that weren't uh, silly and, and boring. Um, Interesting things that happened down beneath the surface pageantry. Mm -hmm. And, And that was just a matter of kind of being drawn into the things that we do find interesting, which, which Mm -hmm. isn't um, a lot of the predictable timeline type stuff that happens on the surface. Well, and there was actually, now that I think about it, there was a few conscious moments in there. Like I remember, I can't remember the specific wedding or the specific year, but I do remember a moment where I was like, 
why the fuck am I taking a picture of this dress hanging in a tree? Like, really? (laughs) Why am I like this? No, this dress looks way better on her body than on a plastic hanger. Mm. The dress, why would the dress be hanging in the tree in the first place? That's not interesting. Um, and, and I started, re- like, I started realizing, and I think we, we have, as humans, we have this incredible capacity to normalize things. And f- for some reason, it's become normal in the wedding photography industry to photograph objects and, and, uh, Objects without human elements. <laughs> and, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? It, particularly if, if you're drawn to do that, like you're genuinely interested in, in making those kind of images at weddings, go for it, right? Because you're going to be doing it from a place of actual interest. Interest and, and curiosity, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But for us, that wasn't there. there, there we was were no. just doing it for the sake of doing it because we felt like we're supposed to. Yeah. And, so, and by, by letting go of that, it, it opened up this whole world of, oh, now we've got all this extra energy and attention that we can tap into noticing all these other things yeah. that we could be shooting. Yeah. yeah. So there was a moment yeah. where it was like, why are we doing this? And and we realized we were only doing it because it was expected of us, but not necessarily mm-hmm. expected for, for a, a, a good reason. Right. So, yeah. so we stopped doing it. But, and, but, and it's not just the things that you choose to shoot and not shoot. It's how you shoot it too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if something's yeah. happening, it, it feels boring for us to just shoot it from a predictable perspective. It's mm-hmm. more interesting to imagine what it might look like from some unexpected angle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or to light yeah. it in some, you mm-hmm. know, some different way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so that, that breaking the mold that you're talking about, it literally came from a, a place of survival because we realized if, if we're going to stay in this industry we're not going to last very long or be fulfilled in any way whatsoever if we keep doing what we're doing. And and I mean, this is not like a moment in time. This is a continual process. Like uh, every time we show up to a wedding, it's a struggle. It's a struggle in terms of maintaining that curiosity and maintaining that interest and trying to find those new perspectives and those um, that interest in in an event that on the surface can, can be quite ordinary and boring, right? So, yeah. so I mean- yeah. it- do you guys, for the vloggers out there, because obviously we, as videographers, uh, as filmmakers, we don't really go out of our way to shoot details unless they're being interacted yeah. with by people. Yeah, we had so, a similar right. realization that we yeah. would sometimes get the shot years ago of the dress hanging and it would be like, why is it hanging there? As you said. <laughs> yeah. And then realized it makes more sense for the bride or someone to be interacting with the dress and mm. maybe carrying yeah, totally. it somewhere. That tells the story yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know a big part of, of well, a photographer's kind of thing is to shoot the details. Do you guys mm. shoot details at all, or do you just go about your business, or or do you wait until they're being interacted with, kind of like we do, or like what's your approach to well that? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, we do shoot details, but maybe not in the straightforward way or the traditional right. way. I mean, yeah. Um, if a bride put, the- if a bride puts her earrings on. We shoot her putting the earrings on. If yeah. a bride puts her shoes on, we shoot her putting the shoes on. So inevitably uh-huh. we get all, it's the same as you. We get all the yeah. details, but in the context of the, the larger story. story. Yeah. In, in terms of like shooting inanimate objects sitting somewhere, that form of detail shot, we only really do it if there's 
um, been some indication from our clients that here's something that's very significant or important to us. And we would like yeah. to have mm-hmm. a, a detailed photo of it on its own. Yeah. And in that case, we make note of that and we make sure that we have time to do that for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. And of course, if they've spent, you know, if they spent $20,000 on customized ice sculptures for the center of each of the tables, we're going to make sure we should <laughs> yeah. make sure we shoot that. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's um, yeah. And you usually have a pretty good idea going into the wedding <laughs> you know, how much details are, are important to the clients. You know, mm-hmm. if they've invested, yeah. you know, in, in the reception space, for example, and they've got all kinds of crazy things that uh, set up, then we're going to make sure that we have time to go in there and, and capture that for them. Right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. we just bring someone along to do it because right. we don't, we can bring someone along um, who's better at shooting details than we are. It's definitely mm-hmm. not our specialty. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you 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 talked about the early days. So t- take us back. What's been your journey? How did you guys start? How did you guys meet? How did you create Two Men Studios? Mm. Okay. Well, it's a it's a long and convoluted story. <laughs> um, Asterix in bullet points. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's well let's just start with. So we met twenty years ago. So we're not going to go way way back then. Twenty or more than twenty three years we've ago. Been, we've been together half our lives now. Um. We started, our first company was called Two Men Tent Photography, uh, which was an outdoor adventure-based photography company that okay, didn't make right. any, that made no money. In fact, we made minus, minus money yeah. every year. <laughs> I <saw> mean, <laughs> like, like most of us, we, our journey towards wedding photography wasn't an intentional one. Like very few wedding photographers set out to become wedding photographers. It, yeah. it ends up being some you know, combination of life circumstances that lead to certain opportunities. And eventually one day we look at ourselves and realize, oh, it looks like we're, we're wedding photographers for now. <laughs> and that was our case that we got into adventure sports photography because we were involved in adventure sports. I mean, that was like the biggest passion in our lives at the time was traveling the world to climb and ski. And so cameras just essentially became our way of documenting those adventures and coming home and being able to share the stories with with friends and families afterwards. And, and then that just sort of led to one day a friend who realized that we kind of, kind of knew what we were doing with cameras asked us to shoot her wedding. And, and it was like, yeah. oh, okay, well, we'll give that a go. And we hated it. That, that first <laughs> wedding was a nightmare. She, she asked us, I remember after the wedding, she's like, so are you going to, are you going to shoot more weddings in the future? We're like, fuck no. Like we were, we were so out of our, out of our element there. Uh, you know, trying to be wedding photographers, not knowing what we were supposed to do. Um, (laughs) But, but, and, and so, and we were living, you know, paycheck to pay, like we were dirt bags at this point. We had Hmm. no money, like very little money. So yeah, initially it was definitely for the money. I remember saying, you know, we hate, we didn't like shooting weddings, but we're like, you know what, if someone can pay us enough money, I'll do it. I'll do anything for enough money. Like I'll (laughs) clean out houses for enough money. Right. So because we thought the payoff would be great. So we set our prices at like, I don't know, $1,500 or something ridiculously low. And for us, it was like this. We were like, oh my God, we just made $2,000 that weekend. Who would pay $2,000? And then, uh, of course, it's especially in Canadian dollars, that's not a lot of money, guys. Yeah. And that quickly became very apparent. But uh, yeah. But then... Uh, Essentially, what happened slowly, gradually is we started to maybe enjoy is not the right word, but we started to appreciate 
the challenge of wedding photography for all the same reasons that we, that we hated it at first, how challenging it was, how like the high pressure nature of it, the, um, you know, having to get it done. Well, and it forced us into this, like, this is one of the things I love about wedding photography because, you know, there's so many people that want to live a creative life, right. And they want to create things. And, um, I just read this great book by Seth Godin, uh, called the practice, um, shipping creative work. And as wedding photographers, we're in a position where we don't get to decide whether or not we're going to create this weekend. We're put in the position where it's like, you have to create this weekend and you have to deliver to your clients. So it's almost forcing the creative process on us, which I have Mm -hmm. really appreciated because this profession has shown me what living a creative life is, right? Not, not just in theory, but in actual practice. And Mm. there's not a lot of professions where you have to show up and be creative and, um, and so that's been a real, I mean, it's, it's torment. It's absolute torment. Like shooting, <laughs> we, we finish a wedding and we, we are so exhausted and we're at each other's throats and we think we failed. But at the end of the day, that's the creative process and, and we're being forced into it and, and we have to create, which is, which has been a huge gift. Have you guys throughout your photography career always been based out of Canmore? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is where we started the first business i've yeah. got i've got family that stay there oh, um, do you? yeah oh, they, yeah, run a, they run a design studio um and they were saying that canmore is quite a destination for wedding photography so yes. did you oh, yeah. do you think that helped in the starting phase to sort of for yeah. some work sure it did yeah yeah well it helps a that we're surrounded by ice cap mountains like beautiful mountains yeah yes <laughs> i mean that definitely there. like we weren't shooting and you know community halls or we're shooting in a beautiful location. It also helped that we were in Alberta, um, which is, I think the average price per wedding in this province, at least back when we started was higher than any other province in Alberta. So in Canada, in Canada, or sorry. Yeah. In Canada. Um, so yeah, all that was, was really beneficial to us at the beginning for sure. Yeah. So what's, what's the dynamic and, two-man studio now how does it work between the two of you who does what oh jesus Mm, well (laughs) the dynamic (laughs) well i I would say we kind of had our systems figured out for the wedding workflow and we do have our systems pretty dialed in now for the the wedding workflow itself in terms of the entire client experience and everything that happens before the wedding and then after the wedding and and the delivery um and then we've got sort of the other side of what we do, which is education, workshop, speaking, and that's a whole other animal <laughs> and where a lot of tension yeah, happens yeah. Oh, yeah. because it's a shared creative, you know, we're together trying to come up with um, a presentation or, you know, an educational experience. And it comes from both of us and we kind of have to create it together, deliver it together. It's torture. That, and that's a, that's a tricky one. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's absolutely torturous working with your husband. Like, I, and I, I'm not saying I'm saying that jokingly, but it's also like, oh my gosh, yeah. Our dynamic, our dynamic is uh, well, it's it's 
changes. Like our dynamic today is different than the, our dynamic yesterday. It really depends. Like, well, that's the nature of, 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 of marriage, rela- of marriage of, <laughs> and relationships. <laughs> yes. And, and where it gets tricky is when, um, it, everything is so intertwined with us, with our kids and our, and our life and our business, right? We shoot together, we teach together. Um, so for, for, the wedding workflow, we learned that we have to, we had to separate our roles and kind of have clear boundaries. And sometimes we do a pretty good job with that. Erica is pretty much two man ground control. She essentially runs the business and everything comes through Erica and her inbox. And, and Manny micromanages. And me. I, I am micromanaged, but, but really the buck stops with Erica. Uh, anything to do with our clients and the <laughs> client experience and, um, you know, all, all, all the things that need to happen. Uh, you know, essentially to get us to the wedding and then to make sure that everything gets delivered in the end. Um, my biggest piece of that whole workflow is, uh, pretty much editing. And, and even the, even there, just a piece of that kind editing of the, art, the artist inside the artist yeah. edits and, yeah. and then we outsource the, the rest. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. And it sounds great on paper. Like it sounds simple, but no, it's, it's hardly simple yeah. because there's ego, you know, there's our egos, there's, Mm-hmm. There's there's simple things like um when we may, when we do when we do uh workshops together, you know, like who wants to say what and what idea feels more him and what idea feels more me and then there's yeah. then there's the whole dynamic of the students and then there's then there's sexism and you add that into the equation and that yeah. that you know there's so many different elements that come in that affect not just our business but our relationship and our marriage and our family life and so that's a constant struggle trying to keep right and it's it's a fundamental part of what we do and what we end up creating Mm -hmm. you know for for better or for worse it (laughs) it has shaped what we do how we do it and the work that we create and we don't try and hide any of it that's the thing like we are very (laughs) honest about and, and some people dislike that they they dis they dislike how rather believe it's all it's all rainbows and <laughs> but it's not yeah. it's no. yeah anybody and, and, that's anybody that's been to a workshop of ours has seen Lion and I get into some sort of heated discussion about something. yeah and and the reason for that is honestly because we do both care so much about mm-hmm. the, the experience that we're that we're delivering it's that and your inability to accept boundaries but we won't get into yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, I think that's good though. Cause yeah, if somebody's joking. seeing that, if there's somebody's seen that at a workshop, they're seeing the true you and they're not seeing like a sugar coated, we've got it all mm-hmm. perfect sort of thing. Yeah. So I think no, this God, is no, our good to show. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, yeah. and the struggle is part of what we end up doing as, as artists is born from the struggles. And we, we all have shared struggles and we all have very different struggles and, one of our big struggles is figuring out figuring out how to do what we do together as a husband wife team, um, yeah. and in in some ways that's been a huge blessing and it's helped us create work that is probably goes places that we couldn't have gone on our own. But at the same but time, it it's also sacrifices. it comes with sacrifices, right? There's drawbacks, yeah. and so a, a big constant struggle for us is figuring out how to make it work. Not just in our business, but obviously in our our life and our family. Mm-hmm. I can I can wholly not not wholly sympathize with your with your uh, setup because obviously the way I would describe it is that Greg is my Erica, 
And I am Alani. I am, you oh, know, yeah. it, it's funny how you've like given yourselves the same roles as what we do over yeah. here. Yeah. And you're right. We do also have those um, butting head moments, I suppose. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more stronger willed than Greg. So I think I win most of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which maybe isn't God. a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to get on to how you guys create the stuff that you do. I feel like a lot of uh, our season of the podcast so far has been about mindset and and overcoming issues about yourselves as a creative. But with you guys, I really want to know, you know, how you, you do what you do. Um, and I think our listeners do too. So let's talk about Kit. For a minute because you certainly don't seem like the standard 35 85 combo shooters uh, which there's nothing wrong with of course i should caveat with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that talk us through your kit what are the tools of of the images that you create hmm. mostly 35 and 85 <laughs> <laughs> no, with, with, we, with some caveats with, with some caveats but okay. yeah i i would say at any point during the day our our main goal is one camera, one lens, mm-hmm. and it's or as close to that as, as we can be. The, yeah, and it's usually the thirty-five um, or the eighty-five, oh, uh, except on the dance floor <laughs> and portraits. Por- portraits and the dance floor would be the two main caveats to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and yeah. ceremony. Okay, and speeches. Well, yeah, it's it, yeah, <laughs> but I, I would say though, when when we're in documentary mode, so let's say like for the first half of the day when people are getting ready and and we're we're trying to just be in. Um, well, we are just in reactionary mode. Like we're not uh-huh. creating it. We're not directing anything or setting anything up. So, so we're just reacting to whatever happens, which is a pretty fundamental part of our approach, honestly. Yep. And and for that, we want to be as light and fast as possible. So we'll, we'll mostly be shooting ambient light okay. um, unless it makes sense mm-hmm. to, unless we have the opportunity to bring in something else. Um, and if we can be one camera, one lens, and it's usually 35, Unless we're in a space that we want something even wider, mm-hmm. in which case we might have the 16 to 35. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then ceremonies would be similar in that we each have one wide lens and one telephoto lens. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once we get to the, to the dance floor, we're 16 to 35, pretty much at 16, if possible, yeah. if we can be that close, we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The images that are most striking to me are those kind of 16 mil images that you guys create just because I feel like a lot of photographers, I, I, we're, we're the same. Shooting minimal is the best way to be because then you can just concentrate on, you know, that relationship with the, with the client. You're not panicking too much about, Oh, I should have used this lens or this lens or what, what, you know, what's my camera settings or whatever it is that's bothering you about your technology that day. You can just concentrate on, yeah. You know, this is a person in front of me and I'm a person as well. I'm not just a camera person working. And you can kind of work on that rapport and that relationship yeah. to, yeah. you know. Well, and, you know. and and having limited options is, is that's where having to make it work with the one lens, one camera yeah. is simplifies our thinking. And, you know, we often think creativity comes from having options and all different lens choices that we want and knowing, you know, it actually comes, at least for me, it comes from limitations of having to make my most creative shots have come from 
scenarios where I had to make something work that I never normally would have had to make work. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely a mental bandwidth thing. When you've got infinite possibilities, and if you think about it, if you've got like two zoom lenses, so let's say 24 to 70 and 70 to 200, you've got infinite possibilities of, of what you could do. Mm-hmm. But when you've got like one prime lens, one focal length, that simplifies it down to one option. There is one best place for me to go with my camera right now. And so it frees up so much more mental bandwidth to just doing, you know, doing the basics, filling the frame, getting in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So you've, you you do have your 85, you've got your 35, you 16, did you say 16 to 35 as well? Yeah. Yeah. For the- That's pretty much just on the dance floor, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other interesting lenses that you use or? Uh, we've got the 50 and we've got the 135. Mm-hmm. They come out occasionally. Come, but, they'll come out for portraits. Yeah. Okay. But not re- yeah. Yeah. Really. And then for our fl- our flashes, we use uh, mostly just the Pro Photo A ones. Yeah. Uh, we do have the B tens, but that's they a, hardly ever get used. Yeah, a rare thing that we'll be using those. Yeah. Uh-huh. They might get used for like family portraits, family formals, or something. But yeah, um, right. And what camera bodies you shoot with? Out of interest. Sony A9. Sony A9s. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Earlier we touched on the fact that the two-man U is launching pretty soon. Mm. So yeah. tell us a bit more about that. What what does the whole sort of thing cover? <laughs> oh, God. I guess the easier question to answer would be what does it not cover? <laughs> Um, it doesn't cover how to Instagram. <laughs> it doesn't cover. No, it literally is. Everything. So very, very early on in our wedding career, we decided like if we're going to shoot weddings, we only want to shoot them one way, which is we tell the whole story. We give them everything we got for the entire wedding day. Um, all in. All in. And it's been the exact same with our workshops. It's. It's you either get the two man workshop or you don't get the two man workshop. Like there's no like, oh, I'm just going to do the editing portion or I'm just going to do the posing class. Because the thing with art and and photography is that nothing exists in isolation from anything else. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the three things, like if I were to boil the workshop down to sort of the three big elements, it's it's um, art. Which is which is the hardest one to teach, right? Art, yeah. uh, craft, which is quite easy to teach. Craft is like how we use our equipment, mm-hmm. how we figure out our flash settings, our f stop, like all that sort of stuff. So craft, how we transform that craft into art. And then industry, which is how we actually survive as artists and as photographers in this very sorry, volatile industry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like... It's 121 modules. So it's, It's, I mean, it's, you know, so so like some of the free workshops that we do in our Facebook community, for example, would, would kind of be like software updates. You know, it's like, here's a topic, right? Let's, let's dive into that. Whereas two man, you like, like our full two man workshops have always been about a full operating system update. (laughs) Like here's, this is the entire operating system. Um, and, and so the only way that we really know how to do that is everything because it's so interconnected and so intertwined. Mm-hmm. And it really is about more than just the information itself. Like the curriculum is monstrous, like the actual content, but that's just information, right? 
information you can find anywhere. Every, like, every little piece of information that's in there you, is out there somewhere else yeah. already. You can go and find it, right? <laughs> um, but wh- where most of the intent has gone is into how we put that together in, in, and create this arc of um, the, the learning experience, right? Start, start to finish, how it's all intertwined, how it all fits together um, and all the context in order for it all to make sense. Mm-hmm. So it's really like it's 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 everything as best we can put it together in a in a in a learning adventure. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's why it's it's a, it's not just an online course. You know, you, you get a bunch of videos and they, they sit on your hard drive. It's mm-hmm. a 14 week like semester long um, journey. <laughs> journey essentially <laughs> where where we literally go through the entire program with the students um, at the same pace so that we can go live into the community with them and answer their questions as they come up. So we, we as okay. best we could possibly replicate the in-person workshop experience yeah. we've tried to do here, mm-hmm. except we're able to do it over 14 weeks, which allows for the space, right, to actually absorb things and process things and practice things. Yeah. As as you're learning them, mm-hmm. but uh, ideally we want like when we get to the end of the 14 weeks, we want that to be a real graduation experience for the students. Like that is so mm-hmm. cool. I actually like the yeah. fact that you give all that time because and and I I love workshops. I mean, photography farm. I see a few uh, photography farm members down there, and obviously Lisa Devlin is joining us. Like photography farm over here is just amazing. It's over a couple of days and. They've got, um, you know, sessions where you can shoot with with couples and learning and stuff. Yeah, we met Lisa last year at this time in Poland, actually. And ah. we were going to come to Photography Farm. Oh, no way. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have yeah. been so cool. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. But Hopefully in the future. Another year. <laughs> Another year. Yeah. Uh, but having that time, that 14 weeks to, to like like you said, absorb and, and, and think about things and... Yeah, like that's a, like a really important time. Yeah, and it was one of the realizations we had when we were looking at our three-day in-person workshop. Because after every workshop, we we question like, how can we improve upon this? How can we make the next one even better? Mm-hmm. And we realized one of the limitations is just time. Like it's you're drinking from a fire hose for three huge days, um, and and so that was one of the. The, the areas where we realize there's untapped potential there yeah. where we could create an even better well, learning experience. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like if, if you think of the analogy of working out, right. When, you, when you're working out, you're, you're tearing your muscle fibers and it's mm-hmm. during the recovery. It's during that recovery time where your muscle fibers become stronger. Build back men. stronger. Yeah. Right. What's build, build back stronger. Build back yeah. stronger. And so yeah. I feel like having that space to absorb the content you know, tear, tear your, maybe change your perspective a little bit, but but having that time in between to actually let it absorb and let it Mm -hmm. marinate. That's Mm -hmm. where all the growth is going to come from. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other untapped potential or limitation that we recognized at, at the workshops is, is you could only, we could only show so much right for for a small group of photographers with within 3 days like we could only go out and do like a demo shoot for example in like one location mm-hmm. and we started to imagine like what if we could what if we could take them to 27 different locations and show what we would do in all kinds of different lighting s- scenarios right yeah. what if we could actually take the students to an actual wedding with us 
go, go behind the scene, be behind the scenes and see what it actually looks and, and sounds like at an actual wedding. Um, that was the other untapped potential where like, imagine if we had cameras where we could show what's going on from multiple different angles, right? If we could show them what's coming out of our viewfinder, like literally as we're shooting it. So that's really um, when we started to imagine what two man you could be. Awesome. Did you have any funny moments that didn't make the cut of certain certain videos that you're going to be releasing? Oh, yeah. Well, there's the, the moment where I told Lanny to shut the fuck up. Well, that made the cut. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh, it didn't? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's. Oh, you mean at the wedding? No, at the, oh, in the when studio. I was trying to teach lighting and you were cutting in every five seconds trying to, anyways, no, there, there's lots of, <laughs> most... the, video, and, and, the have... video crew has got to know us very well. Oh yeah. Perhaps yeah. a little too well. So, <laughs> but we haven't tried to hide it on, honestly. I mean, it's in there. You see like at the, at the wedding, for example, you see the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, yeah. 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 So see how got, the sausage is made. Who's got a final say on the edit? Is it the video crew or do you guys, are you guys doing the edit? Uh, the video crew is doing the editing for us, yeah. um, but with but lots a, of input from us. A lot of back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Collaboration, getting yeah. it right. Yeah. And I got to tell you right now I'm working on weeks eight and nine, which is the weeks that um, that's all the behind the scenes coverage of the wedding we shoot. Uh-huh. And it is painful. <laughs> like, you know, when you get home from a wedding and you're like, oh, I missed this and I missed that. But then eventually and you, you relive it. You, you forget mm. all the things that you missed and you realize you got quite a bit when you're um, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my phone keeps ringing here. Uh, when you're watching a video of yourself shooting the wedding, like I'm just palm facing every five seconds. I'm like, <laughs> we missed this. My camera wasn't up for this. I should have been over here. Like it is just painful <laughs> like we're learning a lot from what like, oh yeah we've, we've never seen what we look like right so, oh, God. and you on on that wide angle you see everything that's happening i'm like every single scene i'm like why wasn't i standing over here i could have layered these three stories together oh i didn't see that moment happening over there like it's just it's absolutely a painful process but yeah. i'm gonna get through it yeah that I'm could be really eye-open and experience for people if they like maybe they should start taking a BTS shooter to every wedding and then they can <laughs> yeah, review yeah, how exactly. they work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to take this opportunity just to do another Q&A reminder. There's going to be a Q&A section at the end of the next section of the podcast. So thank you for joining us live on Clubhouse. Definitely keep listening and you can stick your hand up and ask Lana and Erica anything you want or even just say hello. You can also listen back to the Q&A section if you support us on Patreon. Um, the address is patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. We've just launched it. So, yep. Thank you for bearing with us. Yeah, we've got a little ad break and then we'll be right back with you. Two seconds. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered, and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms are faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service, it's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye, unnecessary fuss. 
Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Erica, Lani, what makes a boring photograph? A a boring photographer makes a boring photograph. <laughs> okay. Or or a, a, maybe not necessarily a boring photographer, but a photographer who is being boring, or a photographer who is bored. Yes, and and uh. I, honestly, yeah, because just like you know, it, it's I mean. Mo- the people that say I'm bored the most tend to be kids, right? Um, they're like, Mom, I'm bored. And really, when they're bored, they're they're just acting bored. They're making a choice to not find any interest in anything. And um, and it's not the, the world's job to create interest for them. That's what I always tell them. Like, if you're <laughs> bored, you're boring. And it's same with wedding photography. If you're not... Um, interested in what you're shooting if you're bored, which often, I mean, landing are bored at weddings a lot of the time, and that's when we make boring shots. But if you're bored, you're going to make boring shots. And mm-hmm. actually, this r- reminds me of, I can't remember where I read this passage. I think it was in the book on being a photographer, but they were interviewing an author. And the author said the most, the hardest chapters of the book to write are the boring chapters. And I thought that is so relevant to photographers as well. Like the boring parts of the wedding day, those are the hardest pictures but, to write. But those boring chapters are also often the most important chapters. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they're fundamental to everything else. Yeah, they're, they're fundamental. Yeah. So, yeah. so we have to work really hard and be super curious. And it's so <laughs> easy to just say be curious and be interested. But no, that's that's a torturous process like to try and find interest in something that's actually on the surface quite boring so yeah mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you activate your mind in a non-boring fashion when you're at a wedding having to deal with you know the the, mm-hmm. the boring in quotes moments yeah. i wish it were a switch and i would uh, <laughs> yeah i mean the biggest thing is and this is a lifelong process this is never something you can just sort of turn on or off but it's really boils down to just being in the moment to mm-hmm. truly being where you are. And I feel like, especially wedding photographers we're often on that wedding day, we're thinking about the blog post or we're thinking about what we're missing, or we're thinking about the final delivery of the images. Yeah. We just have to realize that uh, like the past and the present or the past and the future, all those elements actually hold no relevance, right? The only thing that matters Mm-hmm. is what you're doing right now with your camera or not doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or not yeah. even with your camera, but with your mind. Yeah. Right. And, and tuning into what's happening around you is a, a tricky thing. But I, I realized a few years ago that uh, like my inner ego was hindering my photography. It was preventing me from tuning into the actual story and the things that were happening around me because I was so preoccupied with always thinking about the end result, right. And trying to find the next most epic image I can possibly make. And so that was, you know, taking up too much of my mental bandwidth, wasn't leaving anything over for actually recognizing the subtle little things that are, that are happening and finding interest in, ah, huh, look at that. That's, that's interesting. And, 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 and so then what happened is the work shifted because now 
I was being guided more by the story and the narrative in terms of what I did with my camera versus, you know, me and my photography and thinking about, you know, how can I make the coolest possible image? Yeah. Mm. That was cool, but boring. Cool, yeah. cool, but boring because cool, but it, boring. it wasn't a reflection of, of, uh, my interest in the subject matter or the story. It was a reflection of my interest in photography. And there's a lot yeah. of photos like that out right now where it's, it's cool and it's eye candy, but at the heart of it, it's, it's just kind of boring. It's missing the soul. Yeah. Yeah. I can get you. I kind of, I kind of covered this a little bit earlier, but you use the words friends with a camera. What are you whispering about? <laughs> and he keeps on like like every five seconds he's like scrolling to see who's in the room so i'm like just stop doing that lanny for goodness sake be here with greg and i yeah i know it's live come on yeah you know <laughs> you, you described yourselves as a, a friend with a camera Mm-hmm. during your free chapter, which I would totally recommend our listeners to go check out because it is free and you can look at it right now. It's very cool. A friend with a camera. What does that mean to you? Can you elaborate? Well, I, I would say that's the vibe that we're going for. So yeah. when we arrive at the wedding as the hired professionals to, you know, to document their day for them, we want to be on that friend level um, versus the hired help that's part of getting the access to be close for example to for them to like welcome us in and be a part of the day because you're right you you were talking about the power of being close with those wide lenses is there's something about it you can feel it right it's and but you can't get close unless they let you close and so we kind of um set our vibe right from when they well even before they hire even before they they inquire with us from the work that they see and then when they do inquire with us when we meet with them and start to explain what to expect from us we obviously talk about you know our approach and how we get close and how we don't direct anything but more important than the actual education and setting their expectations is how we do so like we the, the way that we conduct ourselves you know, the way that we answer their questions is literally the way we would for our, for our best friend. Like if, if, a, if a friend or colleague asked us the, this question, this is how we would respond versus, you know, the consummate professional who's trying to seal the deal. And so we sort of conduct ourselves that way with the goal of feeling like friends with cameras at, at their wedding. And for them to feel like we are friends with cameras so that they will let us in, right? So that we can be close. So, so that we can photograph from in the action as opposed to being outside photographing at the action. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. how far do you take that sort of being a friend with a camera approach? Obviously, you start it before the day and it continues right through. Do you? Yeah. Is there more to that afterwards? Are you staying in contact and keeping that uh, friendship going? It depends on the couple, Yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Some some couples, yeah, we we really do bond with, and and we get on a great friends vibe, and we'll go out for dinner afterwards. Especially other wedding photographer couples, because um, we shoot a lot of wedding photographer weddings, because we have so much in common with them. Um, but others, no, others, it's after the day's done. It's whatever feels right and genuine, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it depends on the people, and yeah. But we can be anybody's best friend for a day. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about this, Lani, you mentioned it, um, the importance of shooting in the action. 
is is that key to the style that you capture? I mean, yeah, obviously, it's key, it, it's key for yeah. relationship building, and that lets you into moments. Oh, yeah. I would oh, say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, really, what we're trying to do is not document, you know, how, I mean, what's the, the famous quote? Um, David Allen Harvey, right? Shoot what it... Shoot how it feels. Shoot how it feels. Don't shoot how it looks, right? Shoot I mean, how it fundamentally, feels. Don't that's, shoot how it looks, shoot how it feels. Yeah. And, and regardless yeah. of your approach, regardless of your style, that's really the essence of what we're all trying to, to do is show uh, the feeling, right? Yeah. And we've, we've recognized that the best way to communicate emotion, to show how it feels is to be in it versus outside shooting at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've mentioned that you want to sort of win their trust and be their friend before the day. How, what sort of techniques are you using to do that? How are you winning your client's trust before yeah. you sort of well, get to the day? Well, that's a, that, that'd be a huge answer because that would probably, I mean, we can give you a few little tips, but it, it boils down to your whole brand. Right. And the brand is not just your website and your logo and your color scheme. Your brand is, is how you conduct yourself. Your brand is how you respond to emails, how you respond to texts. It's, it's the tone. It's the tone of everything. It's what you share on Instagram. It's what you share on Facebook and what it's, you don't share and what you don't share. So it's, I mean, it starts from the very moment a prospective client lands on our, on our website or on our Instagram page. And then it's reinforced throughout the entire process. So we do have a very, uh, uh, what's the word? Systematized. Systematized? Systematic. Systematic. (laughs) Yeah. We do have a very systematic workflow that we follow with each client um, Uh because we want to... We want to make sure that we hit that vibe, not just with the clients that we bond with easily, but with the clients that there might even be a little bit of friction with. So, you know, like there, for example, this is just one example, like the workflow is a hundred and some lines long, like I can't go through everything, but one example is a random email, right? So often clients are booking us a year or a year and a half out. And from when they book us to their wedding, we can go for six, eight months without talking to them quite easily. So within our workflow, I've got random emails scheduled so that I know on a certain day I have to email a client because how, you know, you wouldn't go for six to eight months without talking to your friend. So that's like one example of one one part of our workflow in order to but to it has get that to vibe. be built into the system otherwise yeah. we'll forget it right yeah. not every client will receive the same experience and and really even more important than the photos that we make for our clients it's the experience that we create for them yeah. and know, the, and of course those are intertwined finish. they're right? intertwined the photos yeah. are part of that experience but everything that happens before the wedding no i mean that the the photos that we see the our our ability to get access comes from the experience that we give them as well. Yes, right? so. absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the experience that we create when we deliver the photos for them, right. Yeah. We want that to be um, special. And, exactly. Yeah. So it's all, it's, it, but, but really it's just us being ourselves, you know, in terms of yeah. like when we're talking to them about their wedding and what to mm-hmm. expect, we're not trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's just who we are. And, I think that's where the that's the best way to establish that trust is be yourself. Okay. Yeah, I mean trust is wholly important 
if had reminds me of a I caught this conversation recently. Um it was online and they were looking at one of your images. I'm trying to think. I think it was of the bride peeing or oh, trying yeah. to pee in mm. the in the in the bathroom. Yeah. Um they were kind of shocked. Um <laughs> actually and they were saying that you know is this inappropriate? Inappropriate was the word that they had used. Yeah. Um, and I sat there mm-hmm. reading, and I was a little bit disappointed, if, if if I'm honest, because you guys have mastered something which some photographers lack, and that is that client trust. Tell us, though, how do your clients feel when you show up in the bathroom with the camera and start photographing them in that kind of situation? Yeah. Well, first of all, so that photo in particular, I didn't show up in the bathroom. I mean, I'd been with the bride all morning. (laughs) Right. So like, so literally I just followed her. I followed her in. I follow brides into bathrooms all the time. And as long as I don't make it weird, it's not weird. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm like, and and sometimes if I walked, if I followed them in, that (laughs) might be weird. That would be weird. But yeah, I walk in the, there's, I mean, that's part of, part of the story. I mean, when, (laughs) When, I mean, people can feel it's inappropriate and I, I take no offense to that. Like it's, the photo wasn't made for you. Um, but she, you know, she, when does she need help going to the bathroom other than when she was two years old, when she has a dress on that weighs 40 pounds, right? And when has she mounted the toilet in, in that fashion, like front ways, right? Like that was the story. The fact that. That she had to use the toilet in a completely different way than she did normally because she had this huge, massive dress on. And so and, her and her mom and her bridesmaids were having this hilarious moment together. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, you know, we take shots like that at weddings all the time that we don't show the world. Um, <laughs> but we do it for the clients. We do it for the clients. Um, yeah. And if the client were uncomfortable with me sharing that, I never would have shared it. Right. She was, mm-hmm. she loved yeah. it. She, she didn't care. It, and, and if the client were uncomfortable with us shooting it, we wouldn't be shooting it, right? You can feel that, you can uh-huh. sense that sort of thing. It was clear to you yeah. that she had no issues with you, yeah. you know, being up on the on, on I was the standing skull. on the counter and, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, one of the things Lanny and I often say is the best way to be invisible is just to always be there. And it's true. Like by that point in the, mo- the day, that bride didn't. She noticed me, but she noticed me the same way she noticed her bridesmaids that were helping her with the dress, right? Yeah, I was invisible. Exactly. Like, I wasn't there as the photographer or the consummate yeah. professional. I did, you know, whereas if if I just showed up at those moments, like, if I'd been sort of stealth my entire time, like, if I was stealth and sort of hiding behind the curtains and trying to be as discreet as possible, and suddenly I'm there in the bathroom standing on the kitchen counter, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be totally noticeable or or if we had if that had been our uh, preconceived vision and we directed it somehow oh. and i think sometimes there's a misconception oh, yes. people will see photos and assume that this is like our vision and we've created <laughs> made this happen and it's, it's not we're just in documentary storytelling mode all day and yeah. when something interesting is happening that's part of the story we just keep shooting mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious if erica was just in the bathroom and the bride walked in and you were like oh th- i'm really glad you're here i've been ready for you to come here so i can get the yeah. sh- amazing shot of you trying to pee <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that would be the and most I've, awkward thing ever yeah i mean there's been some <laughs> awkward moments there was like one time i was in like a public washroom like with those mm-hmm. sort of metal stalls 
And mm-hmm. and I was like in the stall next to her, standing on the toilet paper roll. <laughs> and um and then it kind of broke under me and you know, it, oh, that no. was a little awkward. But everything's fine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, and I mean, that that's what I'm talking about branding, right? Like, so we show that yeah. stuff on our site. If someone feels that's inappropriate, they're not going to hire us. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're not going to hire us. They're going to be like, oh, that's, that's super inappropriate. Like, I'm not going to hire them there. And, and that's okay. Right? Yeah, we that's don't, great. we don't need all yeah. the clients and, and yeah. we'll go out of our way. You know, when we do the face-to-face video chat before they hire us, it, like, like we explain our approach and why it's a, fundamental part of what we do and if red flags start coming up like questions we we just double down and explain why like this is what we do and why we do it and then one of two things happens either they get it they're like oh yeah yeah when you explain it that way that's what i want that makes sense um or it just becomes blatantly obvious that we are not the best fit and they (laughs) hire somebody else and that's what we want in that case right yeah yeah no 100 percent I actually just love your images. I think, you know, the, those moments are, they're raw and they're honest and they're clearly just, they're, they're your client all over, you know. I, I love that kind of personality that you capture. Um, but something that you said, uh, if you're not up in that shit, forget it. Get up in mm-hmm. that shit. I, I yeah. yeah, I I love that. Do you, do you think people get too mm. uptight as photographers about bare chests and, and bare parts? Like, is that... I mean, I suppose it's okay because that's, you know, you do you, but like in our culture over here in the UK, we are quite um, reserved reserved in, in that kind of regard. Oh, no, you're not. Not compared to, not compared to us over here. Oh, really? Canada is like the bigger, well, we've shot weddings in the UK. They've gone pretty off the hook. <laughs> but, um, you know, I kind of feel like, like, yes, there is some truth. To, like, we photograph and we teach all over mm-hmm. the world, right? And this is a common statement from people. Um, I'm just going to use um, India as an example because we've taught there quite a few times. And um, we've shot a few weddings we've there. We've shot a few weddings mm-hmm. there. And uh, and we've, when we teach, people are like, yeah, but this doesn't work with my client. This doesn't work with my clientele. And or sorry, this doesn't work in the Indian market is what oh, they'll yeah. say. Uh-huh. Or this doesn't work in the or if we're in Italy, this doesn't work with the Italian market. It's different here. It's yeah. different mm-hmm. here. Brides don't want that here. I don't know what India's population is right now, but it is it is one of the highest populations in the world. So you can't you can't tell me that there's your market only wants one yeah. thing. Same with Canada, same with US, same with the UK. The market does not want one thing. There is a huge diverse market out there. Um, and you have a choice as a photographer. You can either make your work based on what you think the market wants, which is what a lot of wedding photographers do, and which is what Lani and I did at the and beginning of our career. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a it's a, it's hard to sustain, but from a mental standpoint, yeah. but you can make work based on what you think the market wants, or you can make a market based on your work. And um that's what we've tried to do. And that's what we're still striving to striving to do is make a market based on our work. And there's, there's so much diversity around the world in terms of what the wedding photography 
what brides and grooms and grooms and grooms and brides and brides want. Right. There really is. So, I mean, yes, yes, there's differences in the market for sure, but there's still diversity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the time when someone's saying something like that, like that wouldn't work here. It's just a case of Mm -hmm. no one there has seen you do that or they've not seen that type of thing. Yes. Sometimes we don't know what we want. And then we're like, well, how come we got hired to shoot two weddings in India? Yeah. Then? Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So but earlier mm-hmm. we talked about how you two work together in the business as a duo. I believe, do you always shoot together as a duo? Yeah. Yeah. So how do, for weddings, how yeah. do you work as a duo at a wedding? Do you have like a telepathic language that you're communicating <laughs> with each other at moments? <laughs> well, we, we basically operate as solo individual photographers for a good chunk of the day, all morning long, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we divide and, and if it's a, a groom and a, a, a bride, then Eric will go with the girls and I'll go with the guys simply because we've sort of become specialists at, at that game, right? Plus it's that much easier for Erica to get the kind of access with the girls and me with the guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then when we come together after that, you know, for the ceremony or for the rest of the day, essentially we work together as a, as a team and depending on what's going on, we'll, we'll sometimes have a bit of a strategy where we know that Erica's going to go close and I'm going to go far. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I'm going to go safe and Erica's going to do something a little, you know, um, outside the box or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. But that's basically how we roll for, for the rest of the day, right right through to the dance floor, as, as you will have seen in the free class, as we work together and, and often we're making light for each other. Mm-hmm. One shooter, one lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but speeches, for example, will usually, um, we'll usually operate our own lights. So, you know, so one of us can focus on the speaker, for example, and one of us on the reaction and we just move our own lights around. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We have been in a few talks recently, actually. Well, not, not Greg, but I have about walkie talkies. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and it's funny cause we just had a, a, a couple um, by one of their films, like a, a couple from like 10 years ago. And this was back in the days when we used to use walkie-talkies. And it's so funny because I jumped into a sports car and I just completely destroyed the walkie-talkie. And that left Greg and I unable to communicate. And it was early days. We didn't really have another system in place. I think that was like place. the third wedding we'd ever shot. It, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. So like we were yeah. totally like, was it? Yeah, totally green. And I just remember struggling. And ever since then, we've kind of developed our own like weird body language sign type thing with gestures. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you do that, but. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do that. It, yeah. And, and especially it's even more pronounced when you live together, right? <laughs> when you've lived together for 27 oh, years. I can't you even you get to the point where you kind of know what the other person is thinking yeah. just by a look. Yeah. yeah. And so that happens. We We actually, one of our first weddings too, we decided to try the. The Secret Service, um, yes. as my earpiece. AirPod falls out of my ear, yep. <laughs> the little Secret Service in earpiece, <laughs> and it was just a disaster. We, we just got tangled up with the cord, and, yeah. and so we abandoned that. That's exactly the one that we had. Yeah. The little it also, coily bit around. It also your, doesn't yeah. help with the sort of breaking into being that friend with a camera thing because you're then like, yeah, no, oh, yeah. who are you talking to on your radio and what's that in your ear? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, if you want to look like the hired help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point I never thought of. But yeah, I was just... Yeah, but... Lasted one wedding. But we spent a bunch of money on them. Yeah. 
That's what you do. Yeah. Oh, we've tried. We've tried all kinds of things. You spend like 300 bucks before you realize it's a mistake. (laughs) That is so true. Although I have to say the the gestures are great. Like Greg and I more or less know what each other wants from the other one. If, you know, if the need arises, you know, like it's hard to talk about what gestures you would do for certain moments on a podcast. So yeah, but (laughs) you know, I remember being caught once in a church doing these gestures to Greg. And I was confusing a whole bunch of people because they thought I was talking to them, trying to get them to do something. And oh, I just like I just looked. I was looking at Greg, so like really trying to focus on trying to use my mind to turn <laughs> Greg's head to look at me. Do it now, oh, Greg. God. Look at me. But then someone else in the yeah. corner of my mind thought I was talking to them, and I oh, looked yeah. a little bit well, foolish. That, <laughs> there's a little bit of that with us too. But then, you know, depending on our vibe or or dynamic, as you called it that day. Sometimes, you know, I'll be looking over at Lanny trying to get his attention and I know he's intentionally ignoring me. (laughs) And he'll, and he'll claim he's not, but then I'll do the same to him. Like this uh, goes both ways, but then there's that whole thing. Cause you do that. Yeah. You do that all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. You did it the other day. Oh, (laughs) did you, what did you do? Yeah. What did you do, Lanny? He's always in trouble. Oh, he's doing oh, it now. Well, he's ignoring us now. <laughs> Shocking. Doesn't yeah, narrow it down much. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, you, you, have you heard that phrase like, oh, you know, you, you know when you're being looked at. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. You can sense it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do oh, with totally. Greg. Like I, I literally stay with my eyes the widest they can be. It's burning just, a hole in the back of my head. Just staring. Yeah. It, I don't think that sounds correct. I think it's just uh, folklore. Well, what, one of the tricks we've learned is, is, um, if, you know, if the other one has a has a flash or whatever, we just start popping their flash repeatedly, uh. <laughs> triggering their flash. Yeah, I'll just like make sure it's on the right channel, and I'm like, pop, 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 pop. like that is a good technique. I'll try not to do it if he's looking at it. But yeah, yeah, that's never good. Yeah, no. oh, so man, talk, we can't, we talking can't about flash. Like, Sorry, yeah. What what sort of lighting? You've mentioned the pro photo flashes before. Mm. Are you using any continuous light in your weddings? No, not anymore. We we did early on um, before we really knew what we were doing. Honestly, with off camera flash, it was kind of like our gateway drug into off camera light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because um, it was it was easy, right? We could see it. But once once we got off camera flash figured out and dialed in, we just preferred it usually for a couple of reasons. One is it tends to be less um, or more discreet less of a um noticeable right to come in with a big spotlight but the other is just that the photos are that much sharper right it's uh-huh. it just freezes the action so we noticed with the continuous light that that they would always be a little bit soft uh-huh. um so really the only time that we are using continuous we'll light, light sometimes we have for, for some things but sometimes we're using the videographer's um, oh, yeah. video lights like oh for sure you know if, if they've got their video lights on we'll often use that for the fill light and then we'll just create some backflash yeah. yeah do you do you guys mind our constant lights it's something i always i always ask yeah. the photographer no no for uh, in in fact we often appreciate it and we'll use okay. it yeah. right because it, it'll no i love it i i i love when we're put in different scenarios honestly so if like there's a the videographer has a light where i wouldn't normally put one mm. i like, oh, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to do something out of the box yeah. right, that we haven't done before. Yeah. So I, I, um, well, like for, for example, that the, the doggy style <laughs> lighting technique, um, uh, which will make sense if you, yeah, you have to watch the, the class, yeah. but 
uh, that one works really well when the videographers have um, a video light on yeah. because that mm-hmm. takes care of the fill light and then we can just make the rim light because because the video light can be we can just do the rim job yeah the just do it I do that but the video light can be pretty flat kind of flat and 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 lifeless yep. uh, but then when you when we add that kicker light in behind all of a sudden it comes to life yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, your lighting names, uh, for anyone who don't know, um, one of them's the Masturbator. The other one's 69. Mm-hmm. You've got Doggy Style, uh, Sideways Cowgirl. Do I have any others that I've missed? I'm sure there's... Double Team, threesome, the Threesome. The Threesome. The threesome. Oh, and the Double Team. And the Double Team. Oh, that's a, that's a lot of sexual references <laughs> there. What, what's yeah. the story behind now, that? And, and outside of the context of the rest of that... Um, workshop if this is going to sound quite ridiculous and uh, possibly inappropriate uh-huh. <laughs> um, possibly inappropriate <laughs> yeah so I'd encourage you to give it a chance and see how it fits into the greater context yes yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, how do we come up with those uh, well d- lighting can be fairly boring to teach really yeah. but we put to, like we've like Lanny said earlier you know we've got We've got the information in our workshop and then we've got the way we present it. And we always try and present the information in a way that people will remember and will be the of most benefit to them. Yeah. Um, if, if it's engaging, if it's entertaining at the same time that it's educational, yeah. then, it, then it sinks in, right? Yeah. And it's, it's worth watching. It's- As opposed to, what did you say yesterday? Lighting technique A, B, <laughs> yeah. C. Like, let's... <laughs> Come up with something better than that. Yeah. And I can't remember what, um, why we came up with it, but I think I was trying to figure out a name for the, for the first one, which is on camera bounce flash. And for some reason I, I was, I just started to think about, okay, so it's something that works really well if you were by yourself. And, and I don't know, the train of thought somehow led me to the idea of the masturbator and then it just went from there. Yeah. But then we had to like Google some because like for side light, we're like, well, what's a, we didn't know any sideways sexual positions. So I just Googled <laughs> it and sideways cowgirl came up. I still don't know what it is, by the way. And uh, I'm like, well, we'll, we'll use the sideways cowgirl. So your search history <laughs> was looking cow. pretty interesting. That is definitely an incognito yeah. tab browse right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made sure it was, we were, yeah. In a private, yeah. private network there. Yeah. Kids in bed. <laughs> right. Let's do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so viewer so discretion advice for that. It was so class. funny though, because I was, before we released that video, I was going through the final edit just to make sure, sure everything was, was correct. And I had Timmy with me and he's, he's 11. And then the following day, we were watching a show on TV where the word masturbate was used. And Timmy's like, I've heard that word somewhere before <laughs> recently. God. And I was like, oh, yeah, you did yesterday. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's one of your lighting techniques. Oh, and then I had to then I had to explain to him what it was. Yeah. I was like, well, this is as good a time as any. <laughs> oh, you had the, the talk or part yeah, of the I'm talk. Like, have you learned about this in school yet? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, I'll tell you now. <laughs> awesome. Just let me go get a glass of wine first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that whole making it entertaining while learning is definitely a brilliant technique because I think a lot of people will go to a workshop and whether it's a three-day workshop with the same speakers or it's like a two-day conference with lots of speakers, there's so much 
content and information getting thrown at you mm. that a oh, lot yeah. of it's mm. not going to stick. So if somebody's yeah. and then if you think five about days what later, they're going to be thinking, what was that light? Into? Oh, doggy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, from the very first conference presentation we did, I mean, I, I remember we're like, okay, so we've got the information, which is important. Obviously, we need to have it jam-packed full of really relevant, really valuable, valuable information. But just as important in that is our performance. Like we have to have it. The experience. The experience that we give the audience is just as important as the information. Um. So we've we've always put a lot of intention and effort into that. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. So so when we go to in, we are not really letting anything unless it's absolutely necessary. Like we've got some pretty dark castles mm-hmm. uh, over here. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. So like we're really keeping it to the evening kind of stuff. Like uh, the speeches. I would say the speeches are probably the first time we we whap out a light and the dance of floor. Yeah. Do you guys flash throughout the day? And if so, like, how do you use your flash during the day? Mm. Well, we do, but it's very um, situational and environmentally um, dependent, right? Like, it totally depends on the wedding and the situation. Yeah. Whether or not we bring out the flash. Yeah. yeah. So that I, it's hard to answer that question because there's no sort of like, oh, here's the formalized approach. Like we make sure for the <laughs> yeah. ceremony, we make sure there's a flash here, or I guess the only one that would be a little bit more formula based or that would be the only thing that is more formula based would be like family formals and family formals uh-huh. will bring out two flashes, one for each side, maybe even uh-huh. with a little soft box. Um, just because the most important thing about those is documenting who was there and yeah. making sure they're well lit. We don't pour any creative energy into them at all. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, str- but um, the and rest of the day, there's no. Yeah. And because, because the rest of the day, well, every, every part of the day other than portraits is just um, documentary mode. We can only light if, if it's possible. Right. And, yeah. you know, so I shoot groom prep and often with the guys, like they, they are never in one place for more than, 20 seconds at a time. Right. Um, And they get, they get ready in seven minutes flat. And so if if I'm going to be using anything other than ambient light, it has to be the right situation that I'm able to, you know, get a light into position fast enough. Well, and if you look at the last wedding on our, the last wedding that we blogged, um, we didn't, because it's off. It's a very big misperception about us, though, is that we're just off-camera flash shooters, that or that we shoot a lot. The last wedding we shot, we didn't. Similar to you, we never used any artificial light until we were in a dark reception space. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's our preference. If we could just roll ambient light um, all day, we we would. Yeah. Another time that we'll start to think about pulling out flashes is if a if the light is just really shitty, and we think that we can make more interesting light mm-hmm. or if the situation is i don't want to say boring but if, if it's not moment rich packed with emotion yeah and it doesn't make sense to just be in there close catching those moments mm-hmm. if it's a quieter slower um scene then we might pull back and start to do something more dramatic with lights if you know if we have the time to do so uh-huh. for example if a bride's sitting getting her makeup done for 45 minutes and there's not a lot of interaction in the room that might be a time that we're playing around with lights versus if it was, you know, a moment rich morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally get you with the groom prep stuff. Like they get ready so quick, but luckily here in Scotland, if we, a lot of our couples are foreign couples coming here to get married, 
and they're always so excited mm-hmm. to wear a kilt, but they've got no oh, yeah. no idea how to put it on. So that slows <laughs> yeah. them down yeah. and gives yeah. you a lot more time to oh, shoot. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and in that case, the worst thing you can do is help them. Yeah. <laughs> right? I like to watch Our job struggle. is to... Yes, exactly. totally. And, and tell that story. Same with yeah. bustling. Like I, I so often see the wine photographers going and doing the bustle, and, and I do it as well sometimes. Because we want to be helpful. But but I'm like, I'm going to let them struggle, and I'm just going to get as many photos as I can. Yeah, <laughs> them struggling trying to bustle up the dress. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. what does what does a portrait session with two man studio sort of look like? Are you using these sort of taboo subjects and risky names for things with your clients to get some natural laughter out of them or anything? Oh yeah. So portrait session. Okay. So first of all, I'm just going to warn you, my phone is down to 15%. Are you plugged in? I can't plug in because my earphones oh, are plugged into okay, the, because okay. stupid Apple make the <laughs> earphone jack and the charging jack the same. Uh-huh. I mean, that should last another half an hour or so, but yeah. I just want to warn cool. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Portraits, yeah. Portraits. So, so portraits are, yeah. I mean, for years they've been our least favorite part of, of the wedding day and they still are. Um, but because we have to direct, yeah. it's the one time yeah. we have to actually, yeah. And I would say, yeah, we direct more than pose, like just what Lani said. Right. So I'd say one of the most useful things we did for our portraits early on in our career was we took a, a class, not with a, posing coach but with a uh acting, acting coach. coach all right and it really hammered home the idea that if we want portraits that portray an emotion then we have to give us we have to photograph a scenario that actually holds that emotion so instead of posing our clients we're giving them scenarios um actions actions you know if we want a romantic photo, then we have to give them something romantic to do. If we want something that's really high energetic and fun, then we got to give them something high energetic and fun to do. And uh-huh. so our, if we our, just ask them to be romantic, yeah, I mean, that's just going to shut that emotion down, right? And they're going to be self-conscious. Yeah. And so giving them actions takes them out of that worrying about if they're doing the right thing and uh-huh. gives them something else to do and think yeah. about. Yeah. So that, yeah, if we were to boil down our portraits. Yeah. It's about actually creating some memories, um, and some scenarios for our couples that when they look at the photos, they're not going to, you know, remember the field or the trees. They're going to remember how they felt and that they're going to have a memory associated with it, a feeling associated with the photo. Yeah. It comes right back to the, the, the experience that we're giving them is even more important than the photos we're giving them. And it, and it's part of it, right? The way that they experience the photos when, when we deliver, is hinged not just on the quality of those photos, but the experience that that it conjures up, that they remember, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Earlier you mentioned a quote, and it sort of reminded me of, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote, and it's people remember, people won't remember what you did. Uh, but I'm but they'll it. remember how it, you it made them feel. To, yeah, it'll <laughs> yeah. Rem- you'll, they'll remember how you right. made them feel. And that's yeah. something that we yeah. sort of try to live by as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think, yeah, won't remember what you said. Yeah, that's another part or of did, it. Yes. But they'll remember how you made the yeah. feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, Erica and Lanny, thank you very much. You'll be at least uh, with 2% of your battery left. Uh, I'm oh. at five. But that's okay. Good. Yeah. Well, uh, perfect time to wrap up. <laughs> Tell our listeners where they can find you online. And 
yet yeah. where they can enter for the two men you content well the, the, um, the best hub for all of that information honestly is in our facebook uh group it's called two man workshops um so anyone can can join that and we do all kinds of stuff in there and w- with regards to two man you it's just two man com. so it's t-w-o m-a-n-n and for you. the next four days, any of the, com. Yeah, sorry. And for the next four days, any of the buttons on that page will take you to that free chapter on Dance Floor. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which will go away on, on the 30th when we actually open enrollment for two yeah. menu. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you heard it. Definitely go check mm-hmm. it out. It is a, it's a really good watch. So awesome. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. We are Cinemate Films. You can check us out at cinematefilms.co.uk. Our Instagram, our Facebook is forward slash Cinemate Films. We hope you have loved this episode. And if you did, you can join us on Patreon, like I said earlier, at patreon.com forward slash forward slash perspective by Cinemate, where from a pound you can support the creation of this podcast. And for the price of a coffee every month, you can get access to the Clubhouse Q&As, roundtable discussions, and even more bonus content that won't be available anywhere else. If you don't have any money to give, that's absolutely fine. You can just hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and get your usual podcast for free. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life. <laughs>